0: Hashtag Tim and Friends Of course I go by the name of the kid Famous You and I are tuned into to the Tim and Friends Show Hello education Entertainment Coast to coast Ball it up Call it entertainment Let's get this started Uncle Tim let's start this show In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 Let's go
1: In the immortal words of Dave Johnson And down the stretch they come So that's a horse racing deep cut I understand it but if you got it Hey, let's go to the track one day. Three days left in the NBA regular season. One week left in the NHL regular season. And I won't mention Tim and Friends because it hurts too bad. But it's two more shows after this one. And just another thank you before I get to all the real thank yous a little bit later on. Uh, The fact that we grew the ratings, grew the audience at a time when all this stuff is shrinking is something that I will forever be proud of. Mm -hmm. Almost as proud as discovering this new game plastic water bottle on a ceiling fan I don't know if you remember this Jesse but we did this a couple weeks ago <laughs> yeah, we uh, I mean I might install a ceiling fan just to what? play at my house because I don't have one currently
0: this is like your
1: favorite down. thing on the internet what? these days you this thing's going harder than, <laughs> harder than pickleball watch pickleball. watch this. you have to think about when it's coming to you and it's
2: down <laughs> oh.
0: that first one hit
1: me right in the mouth yeah the dad got a good way up the top <laughs>
3: Oh, Jesus. You told me I don't you get it, I don't get it, though. Plate. Like, how
2: Which, oh! What, in... what? what the... Duck down. I don't...
3: Why isn't why is he ducking down? Because he has the survival
1: instincts of... He make... the
3: bigger...
1: <laughs> like, he, he can just... A moron. <laughs> <I don't know.
3: laughs> so he can just, he's just oh, willing to just... There's more than one. <laughs> <How many laughs> take bottles? it off the head. Just wait. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, oh, This one.
0: What? It doesn't have her. Like, hold on. Where did you find yeah. this stuff? <laughs>
1: <laughs> My guy died twice. Oh. Oh, I should okay. get out. Of it. I
2: think it's why you How full oh. is the
1: water bottle? What? <laughs> <laughs> that was a double right there.
4: i oh.
3: <laughs> I think you need to. I really do think you, you, you need to. You weren't amused do. by that. You're just frustrated. Fr- yeah. Yeah. Confused. Yeah. Frustrated yeah. and confused. Yeah. Uh, what was the word we used? For? Flummoxed. Flummoxed. Flummoxed by you're, people just. If you're going to play that game. You
1: got a duck. Do you do you not think though the, the way he handled it made uh, you didn't
3: chuckle at all? I laughed the first time I saw it. I laughed my ass off like repeatedly. I gotta be honest. The TV I'm looking at is pretty far away, what? so it's hard. It's hard. It's hard for me to see you it have to properly. And all you need
1: to do is hear the water bottle hit. No, no, I heard. I heard that. I heard that. Water, I think I'm losing my temple. voice. What does that mean? I think we're, oh, sure. we're two days away from ending this thing. There's three shows, including Today Left. And you I'm do like, sound like, different. I do, yeah. I feel like I'm losing What's my going play. on? No idea. I was trying to do Sebastian Maniscalco upstairs, and it just went. You were doing that. It was good, though. It was really, really I, good. I don't know. If, <laughs> no, it, it, was, it was really good. We, we might see a little later on yeah. in the show. A <laughs> bit of a weird night after 14 on Frozen Pond last night and tomorrow, first ever time. I don't know, 16 games tomorrow. Did you know yeah. that? No. First ever time. 16 Amazing. games Saturday in the NHL, but tonight,
3: nothing. Mm, very strange.
1: Zero. Nada. But we still got action. We got action for you. The Jays are in L.A. to face A, Trout, and the rest of the L.A. Angels. Coverage starts 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific on Sportsnet. We've also got 12 games in the NBA, including the Raptors and Celtics on Sportsnet 1. Coverage starting there at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 Pacific. But let's be honest, the coverage starts right here, right now. Blake Murphy on the Jays Michael Grange on the Raptors and Kenny Smith of the NBA on TNT on the rest of the National Basketball Association and what in the good name of Jason Terry is going on in Dallas. Have you seen who they're sitting tonight in basically a must win game right, i have game.
3: seen yes i have seen that
1: fighting for the play, final playoff spot in ok with okc excuse mm-hmm, me mm-hmm. and resting basically everybody but luka mm-hmm. like did luka just turn and go like i'm not doing this something something is something
3: nefarious is going on there dwight powell and luka doncic are just like we want no part of this yeah like what's the other explanation why is luka even playing if you're going to do that uh, let's find an
1: explanation uh, that's that's my point. Yeah. Why would yeah. you play Luca Doncic like there's everyone else is resting and Luca's playing like he had to have gone and gone. I'm not playing yeah. this game. Yeah. Very, we'll very, explain very why they're doing it. And if Kyrie has sullied yet another spot or if that's the media's fault. <laughs> we'll discuss that with Kenny the Jet Smith coming up. But we begin the festivities as we always do with Jesse Rubinoff and first things first. So let's do it uniquely Danny Heatley. Oh, that's
0: a good one.
1: You <laughs> went to bag for that one. eh? Yeah, I struggled with that one. I was thinking like all no, of the Ottawa so. Senators out there. No, I did. I, I was like, Randy Cunnyworth, What, what worth uh Radic bomb oh, what rhymes I with Raddick Bomb? I, I, I was going Senators on this one. Like there was a lot of
3: brain power.
1: Yeah, news news used it. I don't have a lot of that brain power stuff.
3: Yeah, like half a voice too. So yeah, something, I got, something's, I got something's going on with you. Okay, you okay? Yeah. Everything, I'm hoping everything okay? sick
1: <laughs> before I go away. Well, imagine that. Or
3: sick for the last couple shows. So you're saying that I should leave the studio now to avoid that? What, you? Well, you just, save yourself. You're passing it. You're looking directly at me. <laughs> Jesse,
1: So whatever you off. have, you're passing hey, it directly. He's running. Look at him. All he's thinking what about is saving making?
3: himself. What face are you making? <laughs> you're saving yourself. Well, you're, you're it looks you like... You don't you're, see that guy running anywhere. Well, he's tough as nails. As tough as they come. I, yeah. You know me, on the other hand. That's not the case with me, so... Uh, Why is he laughing? Because it's true. Because it's true? Because it's funny. It's it's funny because it's true. Yes, (laughs) it's fair enough. All right, let's go to the NHL. A lot happened last night. No games tonight, but a lot happened last night. The wild card race in both conferences looks like it's coming down to the wire. The Islanders, Penguins, and Panthers all picked up big wins. Florida eliminating Ottawa from playoff contention in the process. And in the West, the Predators beat the Hurricanes and are now one point back of the Jets and the Flames. Meanwhile, the Leafs lost to the Bruins in overtime. However, the Leafs did lock up home ice in the first round of the postseason. What was the most significant result from last night's action, Timmy?
1: Well, that's harder to pick than it is to talk right now, and you might have to carry a lot of this show because I won't have a voice by the end, so you're not going anywhere, I'll tell <laughs> you that right now. I do, right. What, I do know what the most entertaining game of the night was, and that was the Panthers and the Sens by a country mile, mm-hmm. and part of it was just the fisticuffs and the, uh, the brouhaha's, and the Donny Brooks, and all of the things that led to making it entertaining, unless you are a Sens fan. Like, obviously having two Kachuk brothers fighting in the same scrum is unbelievably high on the entertainment level. Awesome. Yeah. But at this point, the game was also over, right? Yeah. Like, this point, I think it was 5-1 when this one broke out, and Ottawa lost this game despite outshooting Florida 58 to 30 good old Alex Lyon was the difference in this one and lost in all of the scraps and everyone having the fun with the Kachuk brothers and the hey Hays and the what whats was the fact that it was 4-1 Florida at one point and the shots were 30 to 13 for Ottawa and I'm not going to nitpick Ottawa's goaltending but they didn't get it again and I know that there are folks in Ottawa that think it's the coach. They think it's the defensive zone structure. I'm telling you right now, you just can't win with goaltending like this. And Pierre Dorian went out and got the defense to help out. They still don't have a great defense score, and we've seen how much that's hurt other markets in Canada up close and personally. You can go to Toronto. You can go to Edmonton. You need help defensively for your goalies, but you also need a goalie. And Ottawa hasn't had one all year and they've had injury-prone guys, and they've had some bad luck. But I would suggest to you at this juncture in time, Jesse Rubinoff, that they need to go out and get a goalie in the off-season. because mm-hmm. if they have a goalie, if they have some defensive structure, they're going to be a problem
3: next year. Next year, yeah. they're going to be a problem. Does it not feel to you like they have made significant strides, and obviously they're not going to make the postseason, but they have made significant strides. And when you looked at before the season, sort of their trajectory, going from a bottom feeder to then – a Team that has promising young pieces and is making noise at least later in the season, do you not think that that goal has been accomplished? No, no, I think there was, I think with the offseason that they had, that people thought they were gonna make the playoffs, and then with Chickering coming in, yeah. And I think there's like, just look at this, I mean, you can't play that many goalies, yeah. But I mean, some of it obviously is, or a lot of it is injury, so it's I said that, yeah, you did say that, so it's bad luck. I said that, it's bad luck. Too, what's, your, but,
1: what's your best save percentage there, 902? Yeah, that's
3: like that's, anyone that's, that's played any literally impossible. And they almost made the playoffs
1: right so they go get it they go get a goalie and maybe some help on defense and I think that they will be a problem next year the other game that jumped out at me was the Leafs and Bruins for a couple different reasons mm-hmm. one um, another win for Boston and the way they celebrated that win makes me feel like they're going after the record they want to get to 62 they're now at 61 but do we call and listen I have a ton of respect for what Boston has built. I have a ton of respect for the franchise and a lot of the players there. But this isn't the same record as the Detroit Red Wings set. This isn't maybe the same record as the Tampa Bay Lightning set, but this isn't close to what Montreal did when they set the original record like they they have 50 wins in regulation this year. 11 of those wins have come beyond extra time. Like, that's not the same, is it?
3: Do you think the fact that there's more teams now than there was, obviously, in the in the 70s makes it harder or easier? easier. Because there's fewer good teams. Good players. Good players. The league as, as a easier. whole is watered down. Remarkably easier. Yeah. Don't try and back...
1: I, I saw what you were doing there. You were trying to give excuses for any Boston Bruins fans out there that might be upset with what I'm saying, but it's just straight facts, right? Like, if you don't have that extra point in the overtime, they're not close to these numbers.
3: Yeah, that's hard to argue. That's right. just math. It's, it's simply just, just math. math. Yeah,
1: I respect them. They're the best team in the National Hockey League right now. They are far and away President's Choice winners. President's Choice, I did it like four times.
3: That's <laughs> so good. Yeah, President's okay, yeah, yeah. Trophy winners. Yeah,
1: But... I don't think they're there without that extra time. And I don't know why they have so much magic in the extra time. But they obviously do have some magic in the game. I'm I'm more interested in the Leafs locking up home ice against the Lightning. And now what the Lightning are going through. Because now Jano looks like he's out. Like, if you're a Leaf fan, you have to look at this injury list. Sorelli, Hagel didn't dress. Lower body injuries. Eric Chernock didn't play last night. They're day-to-day. And then to have Tanner Janot... And have after the game, John Cooper say that it's not
3: ideal. Level of concern is high. That's what he said.
1: Yeah. Right? Not so much about Maroon, but for Junot, that's a little worrisome, was the
3: direct quote. Especially what they gave up <laughs> for Junot and uh, how they could use him and use his physicality. Now, I, Without I, a doubt. I mean, fans have
1: to be yeah. like, I mean, listen. You never want to cheer for injuries, but if they're missing a few pieces, that's got to make Leaf fans feel better.
3: Yeah, but Leaf fans are never going to feel comfortable no. in any way, shape, or form playing the Tampa Bay Lightning until the series Ever. is over. No, until they win the Stanley won.
1: Cup, they'll never feel comfortable. It's been a, it's been, what are said, the jokes going to be? An entire
3: lifetime of losing. What are the jokes going to be? Ask Boston the Leafs, Red Sox fans. That's right. If yeah. the Leafs win around, what is the Twitter joke because Ask Chicago Cubs fans. Yeah. Yes. That was a long time. Yeah. yeah. What What do you think the joke becomes if the Leafs win one round? Because the the joke for the last number of years is that been, they can't win around. They can't win around. Yeah, they'll be happy with one round. Yeah, it's right. that'll be the joke. Yeah, um, but there'll be lots of Leaf
1: fans happy with winning one round, which is silly too. And the Preds also big one at home to Carolina, three nothing win. So just throw that into the mix. Now one point back of the Jets I, 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 how, how, and like, the Flames, and they get the Jets tomorrow.
3: They're. Uh, I don't want to say, oh, it is. It is surprising to me that, you know, they they unload Matias Ekholm, and I don't know if that's necessarily a sell signal, but I, I... It was a sell signal. That's one of the best players in franchise <laughs> Look what he's done for the Oilers. Ab- <laughs> absolutely it was a sell
1: signal. And all of a sudden, I said this yesterday. They're not they, going away. They hit the rebuild button on this team, yeah. and they're still hanging with the Jets and the Flames. That's damning.
3: Oh, Yeah. It's, I mean, good for Nashville. It's, that's awesome. And I think that speaks to the character in that, in that room, that you still have a number of guys that are willing to, to keep fighting, despite the fact that they may not be as talented as they once were. But yeah, anyways.
1: some of that also is pressure. You just alleviate the pressure, because there's no pressure on a team once you hit the rebuild button. Mm-hmm.
3: It's probably the most fun environment to play in. Just go play. Just go play. Yeah. Whatever happens, happens. Want to get to the Blue Jays? Sure. They open up a three-game series against the Angels tonight. Chris Bassett takes the mound as the Jays will look to win a fourth in a row. Good vibes. Blue Jays Central will get you set for the game tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern time on Sportsnet. What are you looking forward to the most in this series, Timmy?
1: Uh, watching Shohei Ohtani, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and Mike Trout on the same. I know we're not going to see Shohei Ohtani pitch, but having three of the best players in Major League Baseball, I know it's not an individual game, but you can enjoy individual talent within that game and you're going to see three of the absolute best throughout the weekend in this series three in a row. I'm going to be really interested to see how Chris Bassett and Jose Barrios respond Mm -hmm. to what were very tough outings. I don't know that Barrios has it in him just yet but he needs to start building on some things but tonight Bassett, Barrios and then Kikuchi. I I think the three starters for the Jays are going to be very interesting even though we're in feel-good vibes
3: and I'm not supposed to ruin that yeah okay let me ask you this from a from Blue Jays fan perspective um, obviously you can flip on the TV anytime you really want to watch Shohei Otani but are you pleased that Shohei Otani is not going to be pitching in this series or are you disappointed that you won't get to watch him against what is your favorite team so Blue Jays fans out there I think they want the wins they want the wins and yeah they don't yeah I don't see you later sometimes
1: I think that that Especially baseball because it's so regional. Like yeah. they don't care about the big. St- it's not like you're watch. There's very few real baseball fans. There's like team fans. Yeah, and that's what the World Bo- Baseball Classic was so fun. Why it was so fun was because just baseball fans got together and watched it, and cheered for. Especially in Canada, once Canada's out, you're like, all right, let's cheer for the stars. Yeah. Let's cheer for what's fun. But I don't know how many people do that when it comes
3: well, to... Well, that's the only reason I ask, because like, obviously if you're on the West Coast, it's a lot easier for you to watch Angels games. But if you're on the East Coast, plays late, you're not always seeing Shohei Otani. So uh, when he does play the Blue Jays, you're going to watch these games, and maybe you'd like to see him pitch. Yeah, because for like 15
1: years, I've encouraged Jays fans to do that. I just enjoy the best yeah. play. Like, even when it was those the dog days of you know they're not going to contend this year. I'm like, hey, you got some of the best players on planet Earth coming down to the park. Why not go out and see them? And no one would go. Yeah. And it would be me and my son sitting in the outfield with our with our feet up on the seats in front of us. <laughs> no, that's a really good point. Right? Chasing down foul balls because nobody's there. No, it's just I just think that's the way baseball is. No it, one really cares. That is
3: a different environment, you know, to your point, because the games Matt, we've made so much of every game in April matters just as much as every game in September. So, do you really care about seeing someone when he's one of the best pitchers in all of baseball, like just because you want to enjoy how his greatness? Does like, that really what you want? No. You're a Blue Jay fan? No. I guess no, not. It's not. No, I guess not. If they weren't going to contend, if they weren't going to get going to contend, I'm all for it, but. If every game is as important as we're saying every game is, especially with the season and they're expected to contend, then sit on the bench, oh, hey, it's all good. All right. Jays fans will take it. All right, let's get to the Raptors here. Uh, they are back in action tonight. They'll look to bounce back from an ugly performance on Wednesday night. The Raps lost to the Celtics, despite being without Jason Tatum, and Marcus Smart was Boston. So what are you looking for from those Toronto Raptors tonight? No idea. <laughs> Okay absolutely no idea
1: The the one thing that I will say is this I'm going to go a little deeper and and again I know that sometimes we're playing to a very general audience and perhaps this is digging a little too deeper but the Jeff Doughton Jr. story is really interesting is it not Mm -hmm. like for those who don't know Jeff Doughton Jr. was getting real minutes off of the bench ahead of guys that the Raptors Drafted and spent time in. Nick Nurse controls that bench. If you don't know, there are rumors around the future of Nick Nurse in Toronto. Doughton plays his 50 games on a two-way contract, so you either need to convert it and waive somebody Mm -hmm. or not do it. And the guy who's getting real time under Nick Nurse is not picked up. Now, is Jeff Doughton Jr. the difference between a good year and a bad year for the Toronto Raptors? Absolutely not. In no way, shape, or form. But does it not tell you a little bit about maybe the gap between management and head coach when a guy who plays more minutes than, say, Malachi Flynn yeah. is just let go because he had already reached his
3: 50-game match? Feels like he was a nurse guy. Hey, look, and-
1: it's Will Lou. Yeah. Hey, because, Will Lou,
3: what's going on? Feel- <laughs> I
1: thought he Will was going to talking. That-
3: <laughs> he didn't write this story. I thought he was going to answer us. I, I know. That messed me up there for a second. Uh, me too. It feels like Doughton is a is a nurse guy and not a front office guy, and you're seeing sort of a, a, a wedge being, maybe a message being sent by, by the front office at this point. Yeah, no, is... I,
1: I think this is really interesting, and I wonder if it's not, like... So, I may have discounted this in my long-term overarching view of things when mm-hmm. it came to Nick Nurse. I was kind of sort of pissed off that we knew about the future of Nick nurse being in doubt in January and even before that when Michael Grange said that the final year of his contract was coming up. We knew that this was going to be a season of change Mm -hmm. and the one thing that maybe once I let it sit was that as much as I like Nick nurse and and his need to have a good job. I don't know that he needed to bring this up in the media. Like, he could have just deflected it all. Like, he could have waited. He still would have got a good job. He is an NBA champ. Um, I know he's Nipsey hustled his way to the top, <laughs> grinding all his life. I mean, this dude convinced a nearest stranger to buy a G-league team so that he could coach it. But he could have deflected all of the questions and got out of there and said, listen, we'll reevaluate everything when this season is done. I'm not ready to walk any of these roads right now but he didn't he allowed the conversation to permeate a little bit by answering those and talking about the frustrations and when I first heard it I thought Ah, we've known all along he's a lame duck coach and he needs a new contract Mm -hmm. and if he if this season doesn't go well but this team was still fighting for very important positioning when he said all that and it became a distraction either he made a mistake or he's planning his way
3: out because he really feels like the management might be going another direction. So what seed is that planting if he has decided to speak in the media? Is he trying to shape what Raptors fans, he wants Raptors fans' opinion of him to be? No, he's trying to get a job. Somewhere else? Yeah, he's shaking the feathers
1: or the tree and seeing who comes
3: out yeah, and calls but he, his agent. But, but, but he, can, he can do that behind the scenes. He doesn't have to do that in public. Yeah, I just said that. I know. So that's what I'm asking. Why, why, What's the angle for him? To do it even more. right? To shake the tree harder.
1: To let people know that he's entertaining the idea instead of just doing
3: it after the season. I just wonder if he, if he thought it would make him look as, I don't know if bad, but then he's, he's accepted a fair, bit, a fair bit of criticism for speaking on it in the media and then his reaction in the follow-up press conference. So I wonder if he didn't realize how it would make him look by speaking about
1: those Yeah things. so that's why I, I mean again what I said was either it was a mistake yeah which is quite possible yeah. or he, or he's shaking the tree yeah
3: it's one of the two it's really it's actually fascinating i would love to know the answer and then to, to that. Have Sadly, the we're not going to get the answer and to then it. to have the doubt thing happen after it yeah i wonder if you aren't getting your answer yeah the doubt right? thing i mean the depth has been a, the fact that Doughton is a story i know that the story is Beyond just Doughton, but the fact that Doughton is a story, it speaks to the depth issue on this team, too. All
1: right, Kenny the Jet Smith is coming up. We're getting started on our Friday edition of Tim and Friends. We'll go to Boston, we'll check it. Grange is going to know more about both of us on this, so we'll talk to him. Yeah. Maybe even Blake Murphy will as well. He'll join me in the studio. As uh, the Jays, we're going to talk Blue Jays with him, uh, open against Show A and the Angels and Kenny the Jet Smith. Coming up next, final weekend, NBA season, Friday edition. I'll see if my voice holds up. Here we go. This is a bad look. If Kyrie and Luca are hurt, I got no problem with that, Skip. Hey, shut
0: it down. But if they're healthy, what are you shutting them down for? I just don't get what the Mavericks are doing here. What a
4: performance through 36 total for Brooks Koepka. Just one bogey for Koepka through two rounds here at the Masters. Back to playing like the major champion that he is. Oh, good oh, gracious. Watch out.
2: Oh, my. Oh, my Lord. God. everybody's okay. Holy smokes. So- best teams in baseball.
1: Still to come on this edition of Tim and Friends, Kenny the Smith, Michael Grange, Blake Murphy. We'll get into the Raptors, the Jays, and, of course, the rest of the NBA. Some interesting stories, not the least of which surrounding the Dallas Mavericks and how they are tanking with two games left in the season.
3: Jesse... Some feedback after that opening block? Yeah, some people with some things to say. So Chris writes in and says, League is watered down. This is our conversation about the Bruins and their pursuit of 62 wins. Every player is better than any player that played in the 70s, and 62 wins is 62 wins. Uh, Your Leafs Toronto bias is showing. Come on, Chris. 11 of them
1: after regulation. Never mind what was 18 teams times 20 players that's 360 of the best players in the world in the league at that time wow. now that. Wow. 32 teams 640 of the best players in the world Of course it's watered down the, the numbers suggest yeah. that there are way more players in the league than there were 35 years ago that's math 40 years ago yeah. it yeah. is math i'm with you on that one all right um as the great daryl dawkins aka chocolate thunder once said when all is said and done there's nothing left to say or do We are three shows away from that on Tim and Friends, and three (laughs) days away from that on the NBA's regular season. And for a league that, over the last I don't know, decade or so, has been accused of being way too predictable, this finish is nothing close to predictable. But that doesn't mean I won't ask one of the best analysts in the game, one of our favorites, longtime friend of the show, Kenny the Jet Smith, who joins me now to answer questions like that. What's good, Kenny?
0: What's going on, my guys?
1: Uh, We're good. We're good. We're good. Uh, Listen I want to get right into some basketball because I don't know what the hell is going on here. We know we know the 10 teams in the East and amazingly in the West it's down to the Thunder and the Mavs Dallas needs two wins and a Thunder loss to make the play in and then we heard earlier today that Kyrie Josh Green Maxi Kleber and Tim Hardaway are all out and Luca is probable you may wonder why. Well, the Mavs have a top 10 protected pick owed to the Knicks as a part of the Porzingis deal. Like, none of this looks really good for Dallas, does it?
0: Well, it doesn't look really good for Dallas this year. Yeah, period. Uh, I think they, they, they've they looked like they've come to the assumption that regardless if this team makes the playoffs, they couldn't make a long run. And so there are teams that I said that these last three games and this first round of the playoffs are vital in terms of like, yo, we might not be the same team. We might not be the same management and we might not be the same coaching staff based on our production and what is done. And Dallas Mavericks looks like one of those teams.
1: I think the Toronto Raptors might be one of those teams, but let's stick with Dallas for a second because, I mean, from Jalen Brunson leaving to the Kyrie deal, things just haven't gone good for the squad. Like, do you think Kyrie hangs around there for next season? Well,
0: I, I think that when you have a player, and I think your city knows it well, yes. when you rent a player for one half of a season or a season, that it's a possibility that they just walk. And, um, you know, it would not surprise me that if he walked um, and went somewhere else. And, uh, you know, there are some other places that, He's played well, obviously, with LeBron, so that's always a, a, an option that you think. So, no, I wouldn't be surprised if it happened um, at all. No, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I,
1: Listen, outside of, for those who haven't looked at the hoops hype salaries for next year, like, outside of LeBron and AD, the Lakers can completely reshape their roster next year. Like, I, I was wondering how much... Uh, you know, how, how how much deep water or hot water they were in. Basically outside of LeBron and A. D. they can completely reshape the roster. It almost makes too much sense for
0: Kyrie just to walk through that door again. It makes a lot of sense based on what you know these guys do this year. If D'Angelo yeah. Russell plays great and all of a sudden they're in a playoff run and right. they go all the way to the Western conference or the or the or the NBA finals, like, you know, you, you say, Hey, this is what's working. Um so they have a lot. The Lakers have probably more options than a lot of teams, it's, you know. Particularly when they were jammed up, you know, maybe this time last year, and you go, they don't have any options, and now they have multiple options.
1: Right. I know we're biased up here, uh, Kenny. Yeah, you are. <laughs> but Shea Gilgis Alexander is going to get the Thunder into a playing game while Luca watches. Can this Canadian kid get a little bit more love down there? Like, I know he was at the All Star game, but LeBron's blocking him at the All Star. I, th- I feel like he needs to take that next step. Like, like this guy is now emerging into superstar status.
0: You know what? My always my first question, and now my Canadian brethren is <laughs> to you: What does love look like when you say give him love? What does that actually look like? To you. You know, it's funny
1: because we're a little bit different because we have this one market in Toronto and this one team in Toronto, and the focus kind of becomes the Raptors. And a lot of basketball fans, though I try to tell them, just watch this show, we got you covered from the Canadian basis look to shows like the NBA on TNT, and they look to the national reporters, say, on ESPN or Colin Cowherd or someone else talking and feeling like, and I know a lot of this has to do with OKC where he plays, and it's just not a huge market when we know that, say, those talk shows, not necessarily the NBA on on TNT because I love it, but those talk shows have to talk to New York and L.A., and I think they look to the U.S. for validation on levels, and because no one really talks about Shea like that, Canadians kind of get their back up.
0: Well, you know... Is that a good explanation? No, that's not a good one. (laughs) But uh, I will say that there was a guy named Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden in Oklahoma City, and we talked about him a lot. Yeah. And the reason we talked about him a lot is because they were winning. I think he's on the verge of winning. And so now when he gets into a playoff, And he gets into a situation where games matter. Like, I always, my my favorite line always is, the regular season you make your name. The playoffs is when you make your fame. Right. And so he's not famous yet. So he hasn't made it in the playoffs. So he's making a name for himself without question. But the playoffs is the only reason we talk about Steph Curry. We talk about Kawhi. We talk about, you know, we don't even talk about, you know, Anyone at the Kings right now? We yeah. don't talk about De'Aaron Fox and, and and Sabonis because they haven't been famous enough because they haven't done it in the playoffs. Fame is the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I just I just feel like he's almost done it on his own, and Luka has got that fame, but also Luka's done it for like five years. So I yeah, well, Luka
0: did have a playoff a couple of in that bubble. He was yeah, it was interesting. So <laughs> we're waiting on it, and Chase Young. I think Shea Alexander is probably the prototypical of what the next level of guard will be. Hmm. You' uh, to there, There's gonna be a time in the NBA where they're gonna go. We need to find a guy like Shea or that can stop Shea. Right. That's the next level for him, and it's coming quickly.
1: Right. That's that six six guard that can kind of do everything.
0: That can do everything. That you know he's too big for little guys too fast for big guys doesn't have to shoot the long range three all the time can get into the paint and shoot 60 percent into in the paint and and just super athletic he's the next generation of what guards are Hmm. and um, you know without question
1: I'm not sure anyone cares about seeding in the west I feel bad for the kings that you just mentioned who are going to finally have a season where they snap a 16 game playoff drought and they're probably going to draw the Warriors in the first round as a three seed. Do you think the Warriors can flip the switch with Wiggins back in the
0: fold? I don't think that... I'm not sure if the Warriors can win consistently on the road because the one thing that they didn't do is win on the road this year. I think they're 9-30 and 30 on the road. So the reason is, I don't think defensively they're as good as they were in previous years. Hmm. So when they... Like, if they were a sixth seed because of injury and not because of record, I would go, okay. But they're really a sixth seed because of record. And they don't defend at a high level on the road. That's why they have a terrible road record. And so I just think that they typically have been, like, in the top of all defensive categories in the years they've won it. Right. And right. coming from the sixth seed, they say, oh, well, you just got to win one game on the road. I say, no, you got to win two. Because you're going to lose one at home, too.
1: Right. This one's right. Interesting this one's you're right. Nine and 30 uh, away from home. But they're also 33 and eight at home. Like, I don't know and, if I've and ever and seen honestly,
0: anything. Honestly, I was on the first. I was blessed to be on the first team to ever win from a 60. Right. We won the championship from the 60. We had no home court advantage the whole time. But we, defense was our calling card. And we had to win. We didn't win one game on the road. We had to win two games in most series on the road.
1: Right. Understood. All right. In the words of Doc Rivers, who, in the words of Jamie Foxx, in one of the best impressions ever, said, Doc been horse since birth, said, (laughs) the MVP race is over. The MVP race is over. And it's his guy, Joel Embiid. Who's your MVP?
0: I would say Joel. To me, everyone says Joel and Joker. I I said it was between Joel and Giannis. Yeah. Because – I always, my first take is always who's the best player on the best team in the NBA. And let me look at his numbers and where they stand up. And when you look at Giannis' numbers, 33, 32 points a game, ridiculous rebounds. And the other thing that both of these guys do more than anything is they defend. I mean, look yeah. at 31 yeah. and 11, but you're talking about defensively the presence that Giannis has, which is not in, the, in any of these stats. And the defensive presence that Joel had, I think that separated them for me this year um, for the MVP race. So, but I would because jo- jo- Joel is having a, a you know a historical year in certain things as well. I probably would move closer to Joel, but I would go I, if I had to vote. I would go Joel, but it would have been Giannis right behind him.
1: Hmm. All right, I'm going to do some raps later with Michael Grange, but uh, they got some explaining to do this season. And if it ends in the play-in tournament, GM Kenny Smith, which I'm still waiting on, GM Kenny Smith, what do you do with this Raptors squad? Because I know at the start of the year, you were high on them as well.
0: Yeah, I, I say, I look at the roster, and I would go, who I'm, who who am I going to be patient with? And who have I lost my patience with? Right. So there, there is there are certain guys you got to go. I got to be a little bit more patient with him, you know. I got I, I can't judge him off of this year. And one would be an easy pick for me would be Scotty Barnes. Right. Like I'm not judging him based off of this year only, you know. Um, Pascal another, at that point for you, I have not lost patience in Pascal because right. I think yeah. he has done what he's supposed to do. Um, so. Right there, I have two guys that I have not lost patience with. Uh, but there are some guys that I might say, I might have some patience. To, you know, it's done. The run is done, or I'm done with them. Like, I, I really, but those two guys, they would be on my roster next year.
1: Yeah, I wonder, and we'll talk about this with Michael Grange, if it's Nick Nurse who loses the patience of management moving forward. Hey, homie, no. uh, this is the last time in this role. I I appreciate the convos, the ball knowledge, uh, the New York City knowledge, the early hip-hop lessons that you have taught us all along the way. They've been fun and uh, all walked in this rather large cranium in some way, shape, or form. Appreciate it, my dude.
0: Well, I will say, from the bottom of my heart, you did steal everything from me. That's why you moved. (laughs) (laughs) Not all of it. Congrats, brother. Congrats. But most of it. Appreciate it, homie. Be well.
1: (laughs) There it is. There is uh, Kenny the Jet Smith, longtime friend of the show, here on Tim and Friends. I hear your voice going. I hear yeah, it. You can hear it, eh? I hear it. Yeah. I'm worried about you. Uh, Jesse, we'll get you caught up to date on all of the That's highlights. Some crazy stuff going, going on. Because I can't talk anymore. No. Brooks Koepka. Can't. Can he keep it up? Did Rory make the cut? Will he make the cut? Will someone walk in here and blow a horn in the middle of our highlights? Masters round two. Next, from Augusta. Still an hour 20 left in the show. Blake Murphy on the Toronto Blue Jays as they begin their set with the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim or whatever they're calling them these days. And Michael Grange on the Toronto Raptors as they face the Boston Celtics both games you can see on the Sportsnet family of channels. But first, what's
3: going on at Augusta? (laughs) Jesse Rubinoff. Um... Stacked leaderboard, oh yeah, let's just hear it, oh it's beautiful, every time, gets me every time, stacked leaderboard after. You don't hear it very often when you play, so I understand. Oh, nice, very good, neither do you though, so there's that, yeah. Are you better than me? I'm not, I don't know, I've never seen you play. I've never seen you play. I think we're going to play this summer. Yeah, though. we're yeah. going to have time this We're going to have time to <laughs> <laughs> this show, yeah. my yeah. golf game will improve yes. immensely. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I think. I am looking forward to it immensely. I uh, think okay. You can beat me. <laughs> um, Stack leaderboard after one round uh, at the Masters. Like, just stars upon stars on the first and second page of the leaderboard. But Tiger Woods, the drama for him is whether or not he's gonna make the cut at so Augusta. he's not one of those stars. No, well he is, but he's not on the first or second page of the leaderboard, that's for, for sure. Starting his second round at two over. Par three, six, Tiger from off the tee shot is online, and that sets up a birdie look, but on the green and this has been the issue for the few amount of times we've seen Tiger play this season. It's the putter, can't get it to fall, opens with six straight pars, par four seventh, third shot. Looking to go up and down for par. And that looked like us. Bounces off the green into the gallery, leads to a bogey, moves to three over. Meanwhile, Rory McElroy still needing a Masters win to complete the career Grand Slam.
1: Struggling.
3: Shoots a five over, 77 on Friday. His worst round at Augusta since 2016, Crazy. and he was the second odds-on favorite to win the tournament coming in. He misses the cut of five over. Brooks Kepka, one of three first-round co-leaders at seven under. This for Eagle on the par five eighth gets him to 10 under par, then on the par five 15. His approach, I mean, he is just locked in so Norman far. Storming the green if he oh. keeps playing like this. Oh my goodness, yes. I don't know if I'm excited or concerned about seeing that. Uh, Led to one of his three birdies after a bogey-free round. He's the early clubhouse leader at 12-under. Par 5 15th, third shot for Colin Morikawa. Settles within a couple feet, leads to a birdie. Morikawa finishes the day at 6-under. Corey Connors, meanwhile, winner on tour last week, starting Friday at 1-over. Par 5 13th, Second shot for Connors. Going for the green. That's, you never want to see that. Into the water. After taking a drop, Connors flubs the chip back into the water. Oh, no. And that tells you pretty much all you need to know about Corey Connors' master's experience. Leads to a double bogey, finishes at eight over par, and he will miss the cut as well. Sam Bennett. Like this story. 2022 US amateur champ, four under on Thursday, par four ninth. Bennett sticks his approach, leads to a birdie, par four 14th. Bennett drains the long bird, walking it in. It's Sam Bennett, back-to-back birdies. He finishes eight under par. Check this out now. Par five, eighth. Cam Smith using a wood from the bunker from two fifty-eight out rides the slope
0: and reaches the green in
3: two, and he would end up draining that putt. That is an eagle from the fairway bunker. Very impressive for Cam Smith. Par four, ninth. John Rom co-leader after round one drains it for back-to-back birdies to finish his front nine moves in a second at nine under and then this is just unbelievable it's scary scene late in the afternoon two big trees fall over near a crowd of spectators on the 17th it's being reported this is obviously the most important that there were no serious injuries shortly afterwards the horn blew and we are currently in a weather delay
1: we're a weather delay at this point. This has been called. It has for the been day. called,
3: right? Yeah, it's been called yeah. for the day. So that is uh, not good news because the weather forecast for tomorrow not looking too good. We'll show you that in a second. But as you can see here, probably the best story at the moment is the fact that an amateur is four shots back in the lead at the Masters. But nonetheless, the stars are still up there on the first page of the leaderboard for sure. So just quickly to get to some uh, pictures from this tree that fell down which yeah, was a when very I was started I was
1: on my way in I thought it was after the horn had gone so people had a little bit of warning mm-hmm. but as you can see people were scattering I mean trees make a little bit of noise when there are people around yes but, wow I mean, this I'm is unbelievable
3: glad nobody got hurt because that could have been bad and then I guess the the major concern now is that the weather is supposed to be... Very poor tomorrow as well. You're looking at between 25 and 35 millimeters of rain, as I understand it. And if trees are coming down from the wind and the rain on Friday... Yeah, you
1: might not get it all in. You might not get anything in tomorrow. I think think on Monday we might be doing highlights on our final show. I mean, that's cool, but it's not great.
3: Monday, finish
1: it. You don't like Monday finishes? No, I just... I mean, I understand if you worked a real job, but you work in sports, so you can watch the whole damn thing no matter what. I understand, but it's Masters Sunday.
3: It's just it's it's a tradition. tradition. It's a tradition unlike any other. Right, you want to sit down on the couch. A Monday finish would truly be a tradition unlike any other. Perhaps pour yourself a glass of good tea. Yes,
1: exactly. And and watch some golf on Sunday. Yeah, Yeah. I understand it, but you can do that and then also do it on Monday.
3: Yeah, I mean, this is it's a great job for that. That's for sure. No question.
1: So like, I mean, listen, we might be. We might not even get through – well, I guess we'll get through the second round tomorrow, we hope. Yeah, I think and that, that was – maybe
3: the third round on Sunday. Yeah, that, I think the key, if you're looking at a Monday finish, it had to be get everything done today. Today, yeah. Because the John th- through nine. Right. Like, he's still got nine to play. Exactly. So you got yeah. another two, two and a half hours of play there. And mm-hmm. then where does that leave you for the rest of the field? Like, right. it's just – they're not going to play any faster. There's a lot on the line. So you're going to have to – to find a way to figure it out but it's not going to be pretty
1: you're, you're the masters guy they don't call it the front nine and the back nine at the masters right they call it something else at augusta they have some sort just like the fans are not fans they're, they're patrons. patrons there's something different about the front nine and the back nine that i'm escaping me right now and i'm yeah throwing a curveball at you no, that's okay no, that's escape, it's
3: escaping me too i'll yeah. just use that same excuse okay. it's fine zebby help us out here i'll look it up we can, <laughs> i'll look bad. it up
1: We'll it's come fine. back fine. with an answer. Yeah. Tim and friends will join in at Tim and friends. You can't know everything in this world. No. Sometimes, yeah.
3: No, it's gonna be humble. Nobody likes know-it-alls, anyways.
1: Yeah. Still to come. Uh, we'll go live to Boston to get you set for the Raptors and the Celtics with Michael Grant coming up next. The Blue Jays look to extend their winning streak to four straight tonight. As they open a series against Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, and the Angels, although they avoid the pitcher Shohei Otani in this series. We'll preview it all with Blake Murphy after this short commercial interlude.
4: Sports Talk with Tim McAuliffe and Friends of the Show. Muchas gracias,
1: Sheepdogs. Welcome back, Tim and Friends. I'm losing my voice. My name's Tim McAuliffe. Rubinoff may have to do the rest of the show. This is a tough scene. <laughs> we'll be here with you for another <laughs> hour right here on Tim and Friends. Blake Murphy also in the building. Yes, sir. No NHL games tonight ahead of the league's first ever 16-game slate on Saturday. All 32 teams in action. So we'll focus in on basketball. Basketball. Baseball this hour, as mentioned, and seeing Blake Murphy in studio. We will talk Blue Jays in a flash. We're also going to talk basketball with Michael Grange in Boston. Raptors getting set to face the Boston Celtics game. You can see in Sportsnet One starting with Raptors Central at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific. Both the Raptors and the Celtics have just two games remaining in the regular season. Raptors will have an outside chance to move up to eighth place in the East, but only if the Hawks lose both of their final two games. Tragic number is at one for the ninth spot. Meanwhile, Celtics locked up as a two seed. Thus, Jalen Brown will not play tonight, and the Celtics may rest others. Of course, the Raptors lost to the seas without Jason Tatum and Marcus Smart and others on Wednesday hearing that Jason Tatum will play tonight. So they switched them out. Tatum in, Brown out. Both of them get a little bit of rest. The Jays will wrap up their season opening 10 game road trip with three in Los Angeles this weekend. Coverage in Sportsnet starts Blue Jays Central 9 Eastern. Jays headed to Anaheim with some momentum after winning the final three games against the Royals. Although momentum is your next starting pitcher in my mind. Meanwhile, the Angels are 4-2. Both Shohei Otani and Mike Trout on the heels of their showdown at the WBC. Looking pretty good the Jays will not have to face the pitcher named Shoei Otani. Here's a look at the matchups Chris Bassett looking to bounce back from a tough outing in his Jays debut. Lefty Patrick Sandoval will get the start tonight for Los Angeles. I became a fan of my next guest um, when I had more time in my life. <laughs> uh, he is among the more learned about the games that he covers, never afraid to dig deeper than anyone else. And tonight, that will be on full display. Maiden Voyage is the color guy on Blue Jays Radio alongside Ben Wagner. Ladies and gentlemen, Here we go. the oh. owner of the greatest t-shirt collection I've ever seen, Blake Murphy. What's up,
2: Blake? Thanks, guys. I appreciate it.
1: Um, listen, I big up your learned ways, but is there a particular tidbit, maybe perhaps a bit if you will, here on Tim and Friends that you can share with us that you've been kind of combing through for this maiden voyage as a part of the Blue Jays radio broadcast network.
2: Yeah, there are some pretty nerdy ones but I'll <laughs> stick with uh, a more accessible one and it's Patrick Sandoval, the, the starter in tonight's game for the Angels. He is very good, obviously, coming off a, a really strong season last year. He is a completely different pitcher against left-handed hitters than he is against right-handed hitters. So um, if you are a, I haven't seen the lineup yet, if you are a Kevin Biggio, a Kevin Kiermeyer, a Dalton Varsho, you're going to see a very different version of patrick sandoval than the rest of the righties will pretty fascinating when a guy kind of scraps the game plan for south and then goes up with a completely different plan against righties
1: but it seems to work at least against the lefties
2: it does yeah. I, I think lefties hit about 170 against him last year not uh not big numbers uh, righties can get to him a little bit matt chapman's a guy who tonight profiles pretty well against lefties who throw that type of pitch mix around that velocity. He's been but
1: profiling well, period, to start this season. There is that. Yeah, there I know it's a small sample well. size, and I'm not supposed to do that to you very smart, learned folks. But Three,
2: three hit games in the first couple of games, you can sample size all you want. The, <laughs> the ball is jumping off of that bat right now, and honestly, the thing with small sample sizes is... Obviously, some of the stuff is going to regress, but what right. you're looking for is if there's a good explanation for why there's a change underneath it, then you start to believe it a little bit more, right. and that's certainly at play uh, with Matt Chapman and some of the swing mechanics that I'm sure Joe Siddles talked about a lot on, on the television broadcast, um, and just being a little more selective with stuff to drive the opposite way, which I'm not sure if either of you guys were at the Rogers Center unveiling the other day. That right center field power alley for, for righties who, who hit it kind of half the other way with some authority looks real friendly.
1: No, we weren't invited to we'll that. We'll see it Tuesday.
2: Yeah, I wasn't but. there either. Yeah. Oh, okay. right.
4: <laughs> there I thought you were it. rubbing it in our you face did. that you were there. No, no I wasn't. I, <laughs> I
1: know it's been feel-good vibes for the last couple days for Jays fans after they panicked early, so I'll wait to talk about Bassett and Barrios <laughs> being the next two. Um, but the feel-good vibes will continue pregame with Vladdy Sr. throwing out the first pitch today. Should be fun. And Vladdy Jr. has looked pretty damn good as well as Chapman.
2: He's been unbelievable, and we know that Vlad, when he's really locked in, has one of the best plate approaches in baseball. Now, it's, it's kind of funny that Vlad Sr. is his dad because Vlad Sr.'s entire thing was he was, you know, people called DeMar DeRozan <laughs> a bad shot maker. Vlad Guerrero Sr. was a bad pitch hitter. You yeah. know, one, one hop off a knee, uh, things like that. <laughs> Vlad Jr.'s um, ability to lay off borderline stuff has really been on display. A little less so last game, but he jumped all over some stuff, so you can't really complain. It's just a guy that really, really looks like he has a set plan at the plate and isn't willing to budge on that always been a guy who has a good sense of the strike zone but could sometimes you know be a little over eager at, at times swinging at something he can hit instead of waiting for something he can drive and so far uh, the walks are great when everyone around you is hitting really well right. but the sitting on stuff to drive has been pretty effective as well
1: and because of its 17 hard hit balls that's most in Major League Baseball and the 90% contact rate that's just because he's good Ooh. with a bat.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, here's one for you. 2004, Barry Bonds had more home runs than strikeouts. Yes. Uh, that's kind of the high watermark for this kind of approach. That, that's, oh, yeah. that's the watch we're doing with Vlad early season. I think you want to talk small samples.
1: Uh, all right, all right, I like it. Uh, also kind of fun before the season, uh, ESPN released their top 100 players. And Otani and Trout were one and two. And there was no other angel on that <laughs> list. Uh, Vladdy, Bo, Manoa, Springer, Chapman, Gossman, Varsho. all. I know these things can be kind of clickbaity. But it was interesting to see Dalton Varsho in the top 100 players and I think there were a lot of fans in Toronto that thought wait we're giving up Gabriel Moreno for this guy look to the computer to try and quantify what it was. I think we're getting a pretty good idea in these first seven games why he's in that top 100 and why the Jays were going to give up a prospect like Moreno for him.
2: Certainly, and Moreno's going to look really good this next little bit, especially with the volume of base running we're seeing around baseball. You're going to see some highlights of Moreno controlling the running game in a way that, who knows, maybe Alejandro Kirk can't. But what you're also going to see is the guy you got back for that top prospect um, being one of the best and most well-rounded outfielders in baseball. So you've seen the defense, that unbelievable route in left field the other day uh, to get the outfield assist kind of one hop right into the catcher's chest. Uh, You've seen him shift over to center field. You've seen the drag bunts. Um, He's also come with a much better and different approach against, and again, small sample, uh, against left-handed pitching, which we'll see a lot in this series, three lefties in a row for the Angels. Um, If he can improve if he can just be passable lefty on lefty at the plate this is a no doubt everyday Top to middle of the order hitter. Really, that was the only doubt left in his game. I don't know if he ever hits 28 home runs again, but this year's Jays team is supposed to all it's supposed to be about preventing runs in a number of different ways and creating yeah. runs in a number of different ways. Uh, Varsho's kind of the the leading guy for that idea.
1: So far, so good on that too. No, like mm-hmm. just the way that the Jays haven't hit a lot of bombs. Of course, last game you saw the first multi-home run game <laughs> of the year for um, the Blue Jays, but they seem to be living up to the billing that we got when we heard them talk, the management talking in the offseason in spring training.
2: Certainly. I, I think the Kiermeyer inning the other day is a really good that's example that, of that where, that where he, inning, he, he yeah, hits so a I ball like pretty well up the yeah. middle. Maybe he shouldn't be able to take second base on that. that so a single becomes a double. And then Bobochette rips one to shallow right field where that's a freeze-in-place play if you are the base runner on second base. And Kiermeyer still manages to score from second on that single. Uh, we don't have the advanced metrics to add should have and should not have when it comes to <laughs> right. scoring from second on a single and things right. like that. Uh, if we did, though, I think you'd be looking at that and been like, well, he should be standing on second base right now not there at home plate. So that's a great example of it. Um, you know, this early in the season, the defensive numbers tell us nothing. But aside from the one Bo and, and Matt Chapman uh, throwing errors that they each had in that first series, where's the complaint? They, they've right. been pretty excellent in the field. Um, the one question mark I have, and we haven't seen it a lot yet, is our uh, teams going to start pushing the envelope trying to run? on the Blue Jays' tandem of catchers. Not because they're not good. They're both very solid uh, framers and blockers and game callers, but we really haven't seen them tested yet with the running game. That's, that's the one area of the defense I, I'm a little unsure about as yet.
1: Yeah, I think you're going to start testing Kirk a little mm-hmm. bit, more, maybe more than Jansen, but I think you're going to see that. It's hard to comprehend... Uh, the Angels being as bad as they've been for as long as they've been with Shohei and Trout, four and two start. I know singular talent can't carry a team, uh, but it sure is fun as hell to watch, isn't yeah. it?
2: <laughs> yeah. There's two ways to build a, a championship-level baseball team, and the first is to have great players. Yeah. The Angels have that, and you know, to your point about the top 100 list, the other is to not have bad players, right? Mm-hmm. Over the course of 162 games, you have enough bad players in the mix there that catches up with you, yeah. um, and that's something the Jays have done really well in constructing their roster. We'll, we'll see about Jordan Luplo, but maybe you know the t- top 25 guys on the roster uh, can all contribute for you. That's where the Angels have, have really, really struggled, and especially the start this year with a couple of injuries to, uh, to Jared Walsh, to Max Stassi. You're, you're going to see over the course of this series, there are some guys who should not be in an everyday lineup if this is a championship contender. They've at least done a little bit better, um, you know, finding someone like Tyler Wade if they can ever rediscover anything with Anthony Rondon, if Patrick Sandoval is legitimately a top-of-the-rotation guy. Um, But it seems like every bet they've taken to support Trout and Otani has backfired or failed. And, I don't know, we're going to see. They're in New York and Boston. After this series, uh, right. you think you're going to hear some some rumors oh, about what those could be like as yeah, yeah. Otani free agent destinations? Yeah, the Otani free agent, desti-
1: I'm surprised it hasn't started yet, but you're right. As soon as he goes into those big markets and starts playing in those places that, historically, the media likes to push buttons, it is going to explode because... What we have here is a guy that is going to go to the free agent market especially if they can't hang on to this 4-2 pace or whatever the hell it is. And
2: the story of July kind of becomes if they don't hang on to this pace and you they know it. he's hitting free agency, you know, how many Gabriel Moreno's, how many Ricky <laughs> Tiedemann's does it take? Because uh, I don't know if there's a number high enough that I'd say no to that.
1: The, the one thing I love about you is that you, you read a lot too and you'll take in a lot when forming your opinion. So... When you hear about Otani's upcoming free agency and you hear the number, I don't know, like $500
2: million thrown out there, is that really where we're going to end up? Probably, because it only takes one, right? It mm-hmm. doesn't, you don't have to have every team bidding that high. It only takes one team. And uh, have the Mets shown that any hesitancy at all <laughs> yeah. to throw money around? Um, we know, of course, the Yankees are always willing to spend big. And then especially if your two competitive suitors are, say, the Red Sox and the Mets... You don't think that's gonna push the Yankees a little bit? Maybe five hundred is, is a little high just because of, you know, the injury concern anytime you're a pitcher, but he's gonna get a record breaking contract. And I don't know, I think any team that isn't firmly in those conversations is gonna regret it for at least a part of that deal. Yeah, if I'm O'Tani though, I don't go to the Mets. Like, they've done something to the baseball gods. Mm. Now that that they have the hospital (laughs) patch on their jerseys, too, the New York Presbyterian Hospital, (laughs) two on the (laughs) nose. Two on the nose, thank you.
1: All right, I've held off long enough. Uh, Bassett Berrios, that is the next two starters for the Toronto Blue Jays. Who are you more worried about in the two?
2: I'm more worried about Jose Barrios, and I'll tell you why with Bassett. Obviously, that first start uh, is not what you want to see. A guy throws eight different pitches. That's awesome. Four different pitches get hit for a home run in the same game. Less awesome. Eight pitches isn't great if you uh, are having trouble locating any of them and your velocity's down a little bit. Having said that, it's one start for Bassett. His velocity was down a little bit at the start of last year as well, and it came along. He did sound pretty frustrated after the last start, but I'll, I'm willing to give him some time given – and forgive me for saying this, the level of consistency he's shown uh, throughout his career so Track far. Track record's good. I got it. Yep. That was the same for Jose Barrios, though. And now, you know, I, one thing I thought could have helped with Jose Barrios is, well, maybe last year when it was constant tinkering, the offseason helped a little bit. You're not moving on the rubber. You're not moving your hands. You're not, going, you're not changing up your curveball-fastball mix. You could just kind of reset and More go back running. to being Jose Barrios. Right. The fact that we're right back there start 1 and start negative 1 if you want to count his World Baseball Classic appearance or spring training. Yeah, this is um this is one that I think there's as much mental going on here as physical and I don't mean like Necessarily, but be- between the uprights for him, but just there is a mental tool to constantly tinkering, and when you go to pitch, you're thinking, okay, where am I set on the mound? Where are right. my hands? How my, how opened up am I? Um, I think there's a lot going on with Brios, and your primary reason for optimism was he got to reset that. He did not reset that, so I'm a little concerned there.
1: Yeah, arm slot, release point, everyone's like. Over analyzing everything he does and he stops being a pitcher and starts being some sort of robot and humans aren't good at the robot thing.
2: It's like me when I first came in and started doing these with you and people are like you can't do the Ricky Bobby thing with your hands it looks, like keep your hands in one place and I'm still not the best at it but um, yeah if you're overthinking and that's constantly all you're focusing on and if yeah. you're burritos you've got four hand placement things to be focused on. Uh, right. It's a lot you can't just focus on uh, just letting it rip
1: Right. I had uh, my first time ever on TV was at the score television network and we had a wood desk and so I put my two hands on the wood desk and they stayed in the same spot the entire time and I, when I finished it was about 15 minutes maybe 20 minutes worth of a hit and I picked up my hands it was like <laughs> <Soaking> <laughs> and wet. it was just two handprints soaking wet on each side of the thing now it's like uh, I was going to say I had hair but I didn't have hair probably at the time
2: now so. at the score no, I was just, just
1: finishing it yeah uh, but we are crossing paths here, and I love it. Uh, I know the maiden voyage is coming on the Blue Jays broadcast network on the radio side of things alongside Ben Wagner tonight. I
2: wish you nothing but the best. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate yeah. you guys having me over the years, and I appreciate you not asking me about the Toronto Raptors two games out from the plan today. <laughs> <laughs>
1: How you feeling about I feel like I want to ask about it now uh, Always a pleasure my friend Have fun tonight Thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls It's Blake Murphy More after the break as we get you caught up to date On a busy day in the Major Leagues, Including an AL East battle between the Yankees And the Orioles All that plus Michael Grange coming up As long as I can keep my voice It's Tim and Friends Michael is still coming up. This will get you set for the Celtics and the Raptors live on Sportsnet One. Also, Jay's coming up 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Now, speaking of baseball, I know mm-hmm. the pitch clock and the bases and the shift have dominated the off-season chatter and the Sebastian Maniscalco commercials during the offseason. But in the AL East, the more balanced schedule should have been a bigger talking point. So here we are, thinking that the number of divisional games for each team falling from 76 to 52 was supposed to help teams like the Jays, who had to go toe-to-toe with the Yankees, the Red Sox, and the A's year after year after year. But lo and behold, in the early going, all it means is more wins for the entire division because they're smashing everybody else. The AL East going into action today was 20 and 12, one of just two divisions with a winning record at this point. And it's not even close, which may make the divisional games even more important. Not blast. Escape them.
3: Yeah. Cannot escape them.
1: Just like today's matchup between the <laughs> Orioles and the Yankees from Camden Yards. Let's have a look at the highlights. As the O's get out early already three nothing when Gunnar Henderson finds the gap a run will score it's four cop Baltimore just like that top four though two on two out French Cordero takes Dean Kramer deep and beyond the restraining fences under major league guidelines that's a home run it's a three run blast the Yankees down four three bottom five runner in scoring position Adam Frazier center oh look at Aaron Judge he can also play the field can't he do honestly Top six, two on as Volgo Cabrera. Can you get to this one? No, sir. Yankees take the lead. 5-4 at that point. Bottom six. Two out. Runner on third. Hadley Rutschman. Like the Iron Sheik, he's camel Clutch. And we are tied at five apiece. Bottom seven. Ramon Urias. And that is
0: hard
1: and hot. It's off the wall. First of two runs in the frame, the
3: Orioles win. 7-6 is your final. All right, Rangers and Cubs. Marcus Stroman threw six scoreless innings in his first start of the season, ended up striking out six batters on Friday over another six scoreless frames. Stroman looking good early in the year. And this, yes, please. More of this, more of this. The umpire can, it's like we're playing the show. Cody Bellinger opens the scoring with an RBI single. One-zip Cubs, bottom six runner on third. Ian Happ deep to center, Adonis Garcia. Not Aaron Judge, evidently. RBI double for Happ, the Cubs shut out the Rangers. Two-zip, the final. Judge would have had that one, eh? I think so. Yeah.
1: Let's go to the Reds and the Phillies from Philadelphia. Bottom of the fifth, tied at one. Kyle Schwarber, down the line. Now it'll stay in with Trey Turner on his horse from first. Gives the Phillies a 2-1 lead. Top six now, runner on, Tyler Stevenson lines one to the gap. Tying run scores We're knotted at two to the bottom of the seventh man on J.T. Realmuto Muto shows up with my favorite Muppet, that of course being Gonzo. It's a two run bomb. Philadelphia leads 4-2. Thought I was going to say Kermit, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Bottom eight, Edmundo Sosa. We both said it. At the same time, almost,
3: almost. Off by a fraction.
1: That is a solo bomb adding to the lead. Philadelphia goes on to win it. 5-2, your final in this. One.
3: Astros twins Stop the third two out. Man on second for Alex Bredman. Hits one the other way. His first RBI of the year, one zip. Houston. Bregman on the board. Wow. Going crazy kind of crazy, eh? Yeah. Guy we got surprised. Yeah, Top of the fifth. Twin starter Sonny Gray. Dealing. Strikes out. The size struck out. Ready for this? Thirteen. Over seven innings. Most okay. Ks by a twin since 2012. Bottom six. Twins with runners on the corners. Brian Abreu. Frank oh, yeah. gets away from him. Wild pitch. Run scores. This one tied at ones in the bottom of the eighth. Some exciting games you got there. Oh. Two
1: nothing, one one with a wild case. pitch. How about Ooh. this? Cleveland Heights native Travis Kelsey and his there mom, ceremonial first pitch, makes noise. Here comes Kelsey, and what the hell? Unbelievable. He is a professional athlete. Could you give him the credit that maybe he did it on purpose because then he,
3: no, no, no I don't think so.
1: Here's JP Crawford, makes it a three-three game. He's excited. Next batter, Julio Rodriguez. And he goes out of the schoolyard. Julio out of the schoolyard. It's a two-run bomb. Mariners lead 5-3 there now into the bottom of the eighth inning. And this is one of the worst races of all time. (laughs) It's a wiener. Oh, they're just leaving. I got it. The race was already over. And then they were going into the dugout. I got the Jays lineup for tonight. Sorry,
3: I was talking about wieners. I know you were. No problem. No, I'm just getting you back on track. right. Uh, Okay, the starting lineup for the Blue Jays, looking to see if there's anything rather significant against the Angels. Ah, Jordan Luplo, DHing, making his Toronto Blue Jays debut tonight. A
1: lefty on the mound, and he smashes left-handed pitching. In fact, there'll be lefties on the mound the entire weekend, so you wonder if Luplo will get uh, some run here, see if he can't hit for the Jays off of lefties as he's done most of his career
3: Uh there's a palpable excitement in the air with the Toronto Blue Jays the good vibes already they're starting what are you laughing at I just I'm trying to hype it up for Tuesday
1: no right? I, I complete I for. completely understand it I just I'm chuckling at where you were at the start of this week and where others were at the what start did of this they say week the start,
3: oh, just after oh, this the is, weekend this is part of you the, thinking I'm riding the roller coaster the lately the, the Monday again.
1: loss I got it. Yeah, there were a
3: few tweets. Do you want me to go? I can go to the Twitter timeline. No, no, no. Yeah. People agreed. People agreed with you.
1: <laughs> some yeah.
3: people enjoyed it though. Yeah,
1: I actually, uh, can I say something here? I mean, we've only got a couple shows left, so what are sure. we going to do? Fire me. Uh, I love the branded content that you have brought to the table today yeah. in the Tim and Friends mug.
3: Honestly, I'm surprised I didn't think of it earlier. <laughs> Would have been a lot better. I drink some coffee from time to time on the show. Yes. And uh, usually it's in one of the cups that we have that I don't even know what brand it is. But uh, today I went with the, I went with this cup as you can see right here, Sebi, and uh, I I drew that on with none other the 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 pen that none other than Anthony Stewart gave us, the big pen. I can't find it now because we have too many. uh, What are you looking for? Uh,
1: Sj wrote into the show uh, on my computer, Matt Taylor director of the show. Uh, where can I buy this limited edition
3: branded cup? <laughs> <laughs> <Brilliant>. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's the brilliant. SJ's been for. a great a great tweeter over the last two years. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. one yeah. of the regulars. Been, we, we should you. just shout Thank out you. all of the regulars. Let's, uh, yeah, done. let's yeah. start doing that. Yeah. How many shows have we have? Is our third last show? This is penultimate a, studio show?
1: It's our penultimate studio show. Yeah. That is correct. All right, coming up after the break, the Raptors have two games left in the regular season. What's left to play for? Who's playing for the Celtics? Can you get value if you are betting tonight on the NBA? Because guys will be sitting. If you did it last time with the Raptors, you may have lost out. So be careful with the Raptors and the Celtics. But we'll tell you next with Grange. Tim and Friends continues on this anti-penultimate show. <laughs> Yeah, Raptors visit know. the Celtics tonight. You can see it on Sportsnet 1 starting with the Raptors Central at 7 Eastern time. Someone just told me it was. It work. is. It I'm is. Um, ante
3: penultimate. Mar- oh, yeah? On ante. 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 Ante penultimate. Yes. I got it. Like upping the ante. Yeah. So I guess it, it would be ante penultimate. I'm just a clown. Ante-penultimate. It's spelled yes. No, I understand yeah. how it's spelled and how
1: you're attempting to explain it, though it makes not a lot of sense. Yeah, I do kind of sort of understand you're saying anti. Right. A N T. Because I wanted to
3: draw the distinction between anti ante and anti Spell with an I and spelled with an E.
1: You learn a new thing every day. So Wait, the third to last that. in a series is antipenultimate. Yes. That's yes. a real thing.
3: Yes. Love it.
1: This is the antepenultimate show. Look at us. Here on Tim and Friends. And part of it is getting you set for the Celtics and the Raptors. Michael Grange and I are about to go through uh, who is in and who is out for this series coming up in a flash. He is one of my favorite writers on planet Earth. And I'm not just saying it because he's here on the show, though I admit... It is kind of convenient. I think if you can absorb what you read, you get more out of his columns than almost anyone else anywhere, and his ability to hold folks accountable without being a Richard is a lost art in 2023. Ladies and gentlemen, from the
4: garden in Boston, please help me welcome Michael Gray. What's going on, Michael? Thank you, Tim. That was very kind. I'm not sure who Richard is, but <laughs> if I'm not him, then that's good. I'll take that as a compliment. Thank you.
1: Yeah, it's, it's to hold people accountable is important to be able to hold them. Being accountable without being a Richard is really, really important, especially in 2023. Okay, Pleasant Trees are done. You
4: gotta hold them down.
1: (laughs) Pleasant Trees are done. Oh, look at that. Yeah, 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 like, like these guys need more camera (laughs) time.
4: This is like my one little moment. And who shows up? (laughs) (laughs) Never fails. It's like a family, Michael. It's like a family. Yeah, yeah, weird family. Very dysfunctional.
1: (laughs) Uh, Alvin showed a lot of love there. Yeah, Yeah, he did. Right up in his grill. Yeah, yeah. right up in there. He looked like (laughs) Cavi. Uh, all right. I, I forced myself to deep dive the Raptors after the loss to Boston without Smart and Tatum. So there might be some t- tough questions in this one. Um, this isn't one of them. Are, are the Raptors already preparing for the Bulls at home on Wednesday?
4: Oh, I don't think they're going that far down the road. I mean, there still is the mathematical possibility of them uh, getting eighth. So I think while it's out there, they got to try and win tonight and they got to, you know hope that Atlanta doesn't win and then they might have a chance if they win on Sunday against Milwaukee. That's what it would take. They, they get two wins. Atlanta w- loses both and, and they can get eight. So I don't think they're going to have if they do end up playing Chicago in that 9 10 game that that won't be till Wednesday. So they'll have time. They'll have time. So I think right now they're you know until math tells them otherwise they're going to be going for it here in Boston. And I you know if the opportunity allows on Sunday in Toronto
1: right so it's Boston tonight that's why you're there otherwise would kind of be weird Bucks at home on Sunday Hawks go home to Philly tonight Sixers uh, back to back with little to play for then at Boston for Atlanta so I guess uh, who's in and who's out is important Jason Tatum and Al Horford will play Jalen Brown Malcolm Brogdon and Marcus Smart are out does that mean the Raptors have a chance tonight
4: Sure they got a chance but uh, you know the situation wasn't much different uh, on Wednesday and we all know how that worked out. I mean the bottom line here Tim is the Celtics are an extraordinarily deep team and you know what I was noticing on Wednesday is even without you know three starters and in Peyton Pritchard people overlook him just a really really good probably the best guard who doesn't play in the NBA. Um, you know the, the Celtics still had a better bench than the Raptors bench and so I don't think it'll be all that much different here the you know the Raptors will be a little bit more rested Gary Trent will have another game under him so maybe he can look a little bit more like himself and uh, you know and they can give it a shot but the bottom you know to me the Celtics are probably one through ten I think they're the best team in the league that doesn't mean they are the best team in the league but they're very very close Listen,
1: I understand the Celtics are very good defensively and remarkably good at chasing teams off the three-point line, but the Raptors can't shoot it any worse, can they?
4: Oh, I don't know. Have you been watching this year? Well, how that? You know, I
1: mean, 18% from three last time out. 18, one eight.
4: There might be a, you know, they could do it again. I mean, this <laughs> yeah. is the thing with. You know, the Raptors, it is the story of this season. They shot 24% from the three-point line in preseason, too. And they shot 28% from the three-point line in November. They've had a couple of months where they've kind of nosed into the bottom third of the NBA in three-point shooting. And I'm only talking three-point shooting. Right. Like, all their other shooting's bad, too. Um, So, yeah. I mean, they can have a good night tonight, and that makes all the difference. When they do shoot even passably well, they're a very dangerous team because of all the other things they do to win possessions and and take more shots period but uh, I wouldn't bet on them I guess I would bet on them making more than six threes but you know it might take them more than 33 shots you just don't know (laughs) right
1: all right so so there are a lot of guys that were bad on Wednesday Freddie was one of them but he averages like 25 and 8 after poop games so I'm not too worried but Gary Trent Jr. Michael you mentioned him after missing 7 with the elbow he was 0 for 5 in 15 minutes 40 seconds off the bench. Now I don't know if it's the injury or being pushed to the bench since the Purtle deal but his numbers since that trade aren't good and worse. For me, he doesn't look all that engaged. Am I on to something here, or do I need to make a relax on Gary Trent Jr.?
4: I think make a relax. I think make a relax. I think, um, you know, he's been in different roles this season. He's had great moments in every role he's played in. Um, he is really kind of a streaky player that's my observation of Gary Trent jr now watching him for you know two and a half seasons is when he's on he's devastating and but that can go away and it can stay away for a while and when it does he gets hard on himself Um, he kind of can sometimes I think it affects his defense and you just don't never don't know when those things are going to happen so I, I think it's more that than the role he's in or whatever it might be, and, and certainly he's shown coming back from when he has missed time with injury, he, it's not like he usually steps in and, and doesn't miss stride. He's a very routine-oriented player. He's a very feel oriented player, and I think he's one of those guys when he's out a little bit, it takes him a little bit to get it back.
1: All right, we'll see if he can get it back tonight, and I can make it relax. Uh, I don't want to dig too deep, and I feel like this is a little inside basketball, as it were, but the de- the Jeff Downton Jr. Uh, was getting – Uh, Real interesting to me and Jesse and I had a conversation off the top of the show I know you've written about it a little bit for those who don't know he was getting more playing time than a lot of the Raptors from Nick Nurse. Uh, He was maxed out at his 50 games on a two way deal and wasn't signed by the team so he is no longer eligible to play. Do you think that this tells us something about the future of Nick Nurse or perhaps the gap between nurse and management.
4: I don't think it's going to be anything that's going to be make or break as it relates to Nick Nurse. I think, you know, and I wrote this the other day. If you want to know how a coach feels about a player, just is he playing him? And and he was, um, talking about Jeff Doughton Jr., he was firmly in the rotation, and he hadn't been. He had to earn his way into that spot, mm-hmm. and he was effective. I think he helped them win games. He certainly didn't cost him any games. He made no turnovers in his last seven games, uh, playing regular minutes. His longest stretch in the NBA had 19 assists against those turnovers, and really it's his on-ball defense that's his greatest strength. I think in a perfect world, would Nick Nurse want him, would have wanted him in his lineup Wednesday on the second night of a Back to back against Boston? 100 percent Would he like him on the lineup as an option today if Gary Trent's not going? Yes, he would. But I, you know, I think if you're going to be part of an organization, there are bigger picture issues at work than a guy who's, you know, probably a ninth or tenth player in your rotation and may not even see the floor in a play-in or play-off scenario. And, you know, just talking to Nick Nurse before the game, he allowed it. You know, this was an organizational decision. Uh, the Raptors, you know, they don't want to get in the habit of, they're not in the habit of just waving players when they really haven't had a fair shake or an opportunity to play here. And, and you know, Joe Wieskamp is a guy who gets, uh, you know, his name tossed around. And he just hasn't had a chance to get into the rotation. They want him in the summer in their development program. They want him in summer league. They want him. Uh, In training camp they want him in pre-training camp because he's something they don't have and we're talking about this off the top A guy who can shoot and so if they can develop a guy like that and other teams have shown the ability To go out and find these players who kind of get a little bit overlooked But they can kind of grow other parts of the game to highlight this very special skill That's so valuable now in the league, you know, it's you don't want to like kick those guys to the curb lightly And so I think you know, I think it's just a lot of circumstances there, but um you know, I don't think there's any question. Would Jeff Doughton Jr. be in the rotation in the lineup if other circumstances weren't at work? I, I definitely would say so, and and we'll see if this is the right decision or not from the Raptors front office about a player who I think has you know deserves a lot of consideration this is a guy who had to earn his way onto a summer league team he had he was the best player in summer league he had to earn his way to get a two way and he's just kept moving his way up and those are kind of guys you want to reward as well. Yeah the season shouldn't
1: depend on a Jeff Doughton Junior but it does speak to some of the struggles that this team has had this year and this thankfully represents the final road game of the season the Raptors are now 14 and 26 away from home this season that's the most home uh, excuse me the most road losses in a season since going 13 and 28 away from home in 2012 13. Now what followed that was Masai Ujiri starting his first overhaul of this team maybe overhaul is a strong word here but do you think some of the same is coming this offseason when there are so many pieces that have uh, kind of deciding points here.
4: All I can do is go back to, you know, conversations I've had prior to this year. And that the idea was give this group another year to grow. That would give it last year and this year an opportunity to kind of find their level uh, in the NBA. And I think we can conclude that really apart from, you know, a kind of nice surge here in the, in, after the All-Star break and a nice surge in the second half last year, there's a lot of months in this season that some of the various iterations of this group haven't been very good. And so I think if you're an organization, you can't stand Pat in the off-season. You do have to look at some important changes. And you know, obviously, Nick Nurse, as a head coach, that's been in the news pretty regularly the last week or so. Um, you know you would almost be surprised if something doesn't come of that and I think when you look at their major core pieces are they all going to be back there was a lot of conversation around the trade deadline in the, to that effect and Messiah Jury himself said after the trade deadline any of the, look, the deals or opportunities they looked at they could revisit in the summer. So I would say you know if you and I had the opportunity to talk at training camp in October Is this team going to look different than it looks right now. I would definitely say yes.
1: Uh, um, I was completely and utterly distracted one time Michael uh, Pascal Siakam said on this show that he could score uh, from just outside the 18 yard box on me. And while you were talking Pascal Siakam was doing keep ups and he stalled it on his head like I, I had no idea the skills were that good. No, I I actually
4: wrote about that um, earlier this year and it's it's uh, just something he does to kind of soccer (laughs) is such a big part of his (laughs) inner child and it's something he does before games he'd been doing it now for a couple of years to kind of just kind of relax and get his head in the right space. But it is a spectacular thing to see a guy who's 610 be able to do that kind of stuff with a basketball I'd I'd love to see him what he do what he could do with a soccer with ball a so, yeah, he's told me that he's told me he's pretty darn good and I wouldn't argue
1: yeah he there was no I'm, like, I'm a keeper I got the gloves in the studio no, and I'm no, like no, can no, you no, can no, you no, no. can you score on me from the 18 yard and without a doubt his answer was yes, not you Pascal Siakam <laughs> his answer was yes and what I just saw behind you mm-hmm. was ridiculous mm-hmm. then no, he goes and it
4: the, it's kind of weird. It's like this uh, all-NBA player. It's like he's, he's, like he's talented or something. Yeah, he's like <laughs> he's an athlete or something. I
1: don't know, crazy. Uh, all right, Michael, listen, I, you don't need a national TV show for me to tell you how much I appreciate your contributions to the show, but we're on a national television show. So thank you for everything. I appreciate you, my dude.
4: And, hey, listen, to both you guys and your whole crew, Thank you, and, and, you know, I hope the next step is great for everyone involved, but uh, it's been a pleasure always being on with you guys.
1: Awesome. Go give uh, Maddie D and Alvin a hug back, okay? I won't, no. <laughs> there is Michael Grange Thanks, live Mike. from the garden as we get set for the Celtics. And the Raptors. Yeah, that you was. See on Sports Network. It was Pascal. ridiculous. With a basketball, like oh it's heavier, it's harder. Like there's things that make it more difficult to do those keep ups and then stall it on your head the way he did behind Michael. And we're talking about the future of the Raptors, and all I can do is focus on Pascal in the back. So you've surrendered that he, he would be able to I mean, score? No, I don't any? surrender anything. I've never surrendered anything in my life. Okay, fine, fine. <laughs> so we still have to make it happen. Have you not met me yet? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I know you got an update on what's going on I with uh, the other topic of conversation when it comes of basketball in the show, that is the Mavs sitting
3: everyone, even though they're still alive for a playoff spot. And we mentioned that Luca was playing, right? Right. Well, according to Tim McMahon of ESPN, Luca will sit after the first quarter wow. against the Bulls. So that makes five Mavericks, including Kyrie, ruled out already. Luca's Do- going to join them after the first quarter. Do you remember
1: when... I mean listen Kyrie and Luca have been battling something each and I understand that but do you remember when the NBA was pissed off about load management mm-hmm. they have a team who has a pick top 10 protected in the Dallas Mavericks that is going to the New York Knicks as a part of the Kristaps Porzingis deal and they're actively sitting guys out hoping that they can get into the top 10 of the lottery
3: over the top 10 in the Western Conference that would get them into a playing game. Mm-hmm. You know what, I think the league might lose some fans over this. And I think they deserve to because they haven't addressed this. And this has been a problem in the NBA
1: for a number of years. Before you go uh, putting all your money on the Chicago Bulls in that game, they're sitting guys
3: too. Yeah, this is a league-wide thing. Yeah. Like if you scroll through Twitter, you'll see that nobody's playing tonight except the Celtics. So Luke is playing a quarter. That's right, which is just, if you're going to just sit him, just sit him. Why is he playing a quarter? What's going on? What, seriously, what's
1: happening? Oh, I know. You're Slo- I temp- Does that not feel like it's tempting fate? To yeah. You? All right. Uh, what? T- oh, it's Slovenia night in Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> goodness. Oh, so I guess they that's, give why. Them that's why. Slovenian for a quarter. Yeah, yeah. That's why. And then love, peace, and hair grease, or however you say that in Slovenian. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's someone Very that good. can write in and tell me. Oh, man. All right, time for one last break of the week. We'll wrap things up in game time after this. That's crazy, man. That's where we're at in sports. They don't even want to make the playoff. They have to have that tournament halfway through the season. People don't want to even yeah. get into the play guess
3: tournament. that's true. Oh, man.
1: Welcome back. Here's what's coming up on the network tonight. Raptors, Celtics, as I've said about 14 times on Sportsnet 1. If you haven't heard me, I apologize. Yeah, I've heard me, I apologize. Plus, we got the Sixers and Hawks in SportsNet now. So if the Hawks happen to lose, things might get interesting here later tonight. Blue Jays take on the Angels, Blue Jays Central, 9 Eastern time. And the Warriors and the Kings, a first round preview, 10 Eastern on Sportsnet 1.
0: What time is it? Hey, A long time ago,
1: uh, Sid and I on the radio show uh, had a regular guest, or a semi-regular guest, a young man from Memphis, Tennessee, by the name of Chris Vernon, who had a radio show in Memphis uh, and brought the energy, so every time we had kind of a Memphis or a Tennessee angle story, we would bring Chris Vernon on the show, Uh, lo and behold. Few years later, uh, my guy's gotten pretty famous. Mm-hmm. Uh, a tradition unlike any other in another way. Um, kind of been a Tim and Friend slash Tim and Sid tradition to do what we're about to do, no? No question. Uh, here is Chris Vernon telling us what's going on at Augusta. Fathers and sons, dogwoods and azaleas, pimentos and cheese, rich people. It is the 2023 Masters.
2: Drop that beat. <laughs> That's what's going on at Augusta. Oh. What's going
1: on at Augusta? Oh. Brooks Kapka, 12 under. Brooks Kapka.
0: <laughs> Sam Bannon, 7 under. Champion. Victor Hobbit, 7 under. yo John Rahm, 7 under. Rah-
1: Jason Day is six under. Rose. Yo, he from down under. Xander Shuffley four under. X. What rhymes with Shuffley? Oh, no. His goals are lofty! <laughs> I made another rhyme with Shuffley. <laughs> and that's what's going on
0: in the gut. <laughs> it's going on
1: in the gut? You wanted the Phil Mickelson line in there, didn't you?
3: I did, yeah. The, the, the extended version has uh, some other ones there that we uh, couldn't show. Right. Uh, so that's what's None going less. on in Augusta. That is what's yeah. going on in Augusta. He'll be busy over the weekend if there uh, is some golf at all, with a lot of updates but uh, for now we'll give you an update on the women's world championships as they continue tonight canada faces czechia and oh, are they czechia,
1: in this czechia. Yeah, they
3: are. Yeah. i just want to make sure yeah. that we are in
1: czechia yeah. In this yeah. One. yeah
3: canada looking to go 2-0 in preliminary play marie philippe poulain has a chance at some history tonight she's sitting at 99 career goals for canada leaving her one shy of joining the century club which includes Haley wickenheiser jana hefford and Danielle Goyette. is poulain the GOAT of Canadian women's I hockey. Think,
1: I think we'd have to ask Kaylee Wickenheiser to come on the show and have that discussion with us. I know Mary-Philippe Poulain won't have it with us, but Coulain's... Um, her greatness comes from the timing of her goals. Like, and the ability to lead in moments when you absolutely, not that Haley Wickenheiser didn't, but what adds to the 99 goals is that every time you get to a gold medal game and you need goals, overtime winners, ga- uh, goals to send it to overtime, Mary philippe Poulain's stage presence is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So while you look at the numbers and you say, well may, maybe not when you look at the timing of all the goals and when they came like i could read off the the resumes here but i think i need the timing of the goals because they're yeah. almost three-time olympic gold for mary philippe Blanc wickenheiser has four seven-time world championship golds for wickenheiser mary philippe has three so there are still numbers on Wickenheiser's side, and I'd find it hard to go against it. But Poulin's not done.
3: I feel like we've had the conversation with regards to Poulin on whether she is one of the most clutch athletes of all time. All time, yeah. And I think when you get into that territory, that's it's worth a that's conversation. Crazy. Probably.
1: I remember I did the uh, I did the vo of all of the goals and when they've happened, and it's it's ridiculous. Like it's ridiculous how many times. Just in like, the two-year
3: times? span of the show. How many times did it happen?
1: How many times she scored the most meaningful goal? Yeah. And I'll never forget the knock, knock, who's there? Gold medal in your face. That was all Mary Filipoula. <laughs> it's,
3: it's amazing, crazy. Uh, okay, let's check in on Connor Bedard. Game five between the Regina Pats and Saskatoon Blades goes tonight. Bedard has an absurd eight goals and five assists in four games so far this series. Uh, meanwhile. That is absurd. Uh, The battle for 32nd in the NHL standings is on. Chicago, Columbus, and Anaheim are all tied for last with 56 points. Where do you want to see Bedard go? That's a good question. I do say so myself.
1: I I think the Canadian franchise, and I've said this, I've been pretty strong on this the entire time. Uh, The franchise where the fans give a bleep and will appreciate the greatness of I I know in the past people have said having players in big markets is really important I understand that from a a marketing standpoint but for me it's just about appreciation of the player and I'm not sure you get that in Anaheim I'm not sure you get that in Columbus Chicago has been spoiled like they just got over uh, Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane I don't know if they deserve it as much but just that's all I want is a market that will appreciate it I don't need you to sell the game Gary can go do
3: that yeah not a great list like, from a Canadian I guess fans perspective yeah it would have been nice to see him <laughs> go to Vancouver yeah. but
1: they've won too many games over the last yeah. little while yeah <laughs> <laughs> the Crazy. answer would have been Vancouver for a while yeah. like to have a hometown star in that market would be awesome they played themselves out of it They may have played themselves out.
3: Yesterday, the NHL made a lot of people feel old. They grabbed some of the youngest stars in the league and handed them a VHS tape, and they had no clue what it was. Check it out.
2: I don't know, maybe a video game. Uh, I'm Connor McDavid, uh, born in 1997. i Austin Matthews, and I was born in 1997. Kale McCarr, 1998. Trevor Zegris, 2001. Brady Kachuk,
0: was born in 1999.
2: I'm Clayton Keller, I was born in 1998. I'm Jacob Truba, I was born in 1994. Zach Werenski and I was born in 1997. Robert Thomas, 1999. This is a DVR, is that what it's called?
3: Oh, this is a DVR. <laughs> it's not a DVR, it's a... Uh,
2: is this just a CD?
3: V-A-H tape or something like that? That's a VCR. Why am I blanking right now?
2: Does it say somewhere on this? It's a VHS tape. Ruined a lot of these, messing with the things on the back. I don't know why I'm even blanking, because I used to watch like, stuff on this.
3: I guess this is a movie. Put it in the V VHR, I believe they're called.
2: The thing, you know, it slides
3: in there. You put them in, you watch the movies. I feel like we maybe have the Mighty Ducks on VHS. NHL power players. Goosebumps, what is that? You know Goosebumps stuff? Oh, Lion King for sure. It's VHS. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love how Austin Matthews yeah. figured it out. They
3: were all around it. It wasn't that bad, was it? Zegers calling it a CD was yeah. pretty egregious. But most of them were M- all Most around. of them were close. What? They knew what it what
1: they knew did. what it did yeah. they knew where it slid and how yeah. it ended up do you i still have a v uh
3: a vhs pl- i still have a vcr that plays vhs it still works well, it still works you yeah. know when the tape would come out of the vhs and it would cause the clogging oh, oh that's that worst. was devastating yeah. i still have my high school football mm-hmm. and
1: hockey games growing up on vhs tapes every once in a while it's very cool boys will come over you, can you more. get them converted I think you can get them converted. Yeah, you can? Yeah, I don't know. But no, nostalgia alone. All right, that does it for us. Uh, We'll see you back here for our final week of two shows. Jay's home opener on Tuesday will be the end of it. But for now, we say goodbye for another week, and we'll talk to you again on Monday. Thanks, Jesse.
3: Thank you, Timmy. Thank you, Canada.